0: Alright, welcome to another episode of Detroit Lions News Podcast. We got a full like we got a full episode, Tyler. So we gotta get to it. But um first we'll talk about the Right Ravens game, but then we got our trade deadline acquisitions that we can potentially go after. We'll get to that. Um, we'll also get to I'm a little bit concerned by JMO. I know that's your your pet dog, so we'll we'll get to that as well. Uh, and then we'll talk about the Raiders game because I think this is a very important game, obviously after the beating that you took on Sunday, it's a huge game. But for the people that are just joining us, we will have our trade deadlines um, stuff that's going to happen in in this, in this podcast. We're also going to have, we're also going to talk about the Ravens game for just a little bit, but Tyler, when we were talking about the Ravens games, uh, the Raven game, I just kind of figured like it was one of those days that you just had like a bad day at the office. And that's exactly what i kind of attributed to.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, Look, I mean, good teams get their ass beat, too. Uh, as you guys remember, the Bucks that won the Super Bowl, they got their ass beat by the Saints pretty bad. Um, there's, uh, you know, every year, usually a championship team or a contending team gets uh, gets kind of humbled. So, um, I mean, well, look, we just came out very flat. Uh, there's obviously some things I want to talk about and, and touch with, but uh, offense looked flat as hell. Um, defense was abysmal uh and a mixture of coaching and and players uh defense was horrible all around and yeah just just an overall just good old-fashioned ass moving man and um you know honestly sometimes you kind of I don't want to say you need that but sometimes you know as a a team you do need that humbling um and you do need the opportunity to um you know get back on track and, and get it rolling again so not too worried i mean i knew we would lose some games i still you know easily see a path to 12 or 13 wins but hey we needed a humbling and we got it early
0: yeah i just think that you know that game was one of those games where you know nothing that you did was going right you know nothing you did uh you know you could have went in that game probably nine times out of ten and played a way better game than you did that one time it's kind of like if you're, like, I, I play hockey, so, you know, if you play hockey or you play basketball or baseball or football or any sport for that matter, you just have a bad day at the office, it goes to shit really quick. And there's no yeah. way to get out of it unless you 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 can hit the restart button, but this is in a Nintendo game, so you can't hit the restart button to the game, so that's what I look at with that this game. It was just it, everything that could go wrong, like, I'm Ross St. Brown does not drop passes but he dropped passes in that game, you know, the, the blocking assignments that they missed, not, not usual, but they, yeah. they did it over and over again. And then, you know, Aaron Glenn going that soft coverage, you know, even Dan Campbell said it was soft coverage and said it won't happen again. Like that's what we're talking yeah. about.
1: Well, it was weird too. Cause some of the stuff just didn't make sense. And I got into a couple like, I guess like debates slash arguments on some of our group chats about that stuff. Like some of the stuff just didn't make sense. Right. Um, You good, bro? What's up, my Hank? What's up, my yunk? Um, but uh, but at the same time, it's like uh, I just think that things have to make sense, right? So we're sitting here, we're dropping our corners back twenty yards in coverage, but we're blitzing our linebackers, stuff like that, like things that are just kind of boneheaded. And I just I think everyone was a little off. Everyone, I don't know, is just you know, mid like early season, like quarter third break fatigue, you know, whatever you want to attribute it to. Yeah, we just weren't sharp at all. Um, Jared Goff, I mean, if you're somebody who watches the stat sheet, you're going to be like, oh, he had a pretty decent game. He, it, dude, if you watch the game, that dude looked like absolute dog shit. But you know what? He doesn't have a ton of games where he looks like that. So, I mean, everybody has a bad day. I give them the benefit of the doubt. That's okay. Because there's going to be people that rush, that are going to rush to the, oh, my God, I told you he wasn't the one. I told you he wasn't a good quarterback. I told you he wasn't going to get an extension. Hendon Hooker, Hendon Hooker, Teddy Bridgewater. I've had somebody <laughs> said that they want Teddy Bridgewater coming. I'm like. Look, calm down. All, all quarterbacks have bad days. You're, yeah, Whoever your favorite quarterback is, he's had bad days, right?
0: I mean, Lamar's um, had bad days, but on that day, he had a really, look, really, really bad. Tom Brady's had day.
1: bad days. Lamar's had bad days. Patrick Mahomes has had bad days. Aaron Rodgers has had bad days. Every quarterback in the league has had bad days. Um, But it was just – it was weird because, like, dude, the ball – I mean, the balls were wobbly as hell coming out of Jared Goff's hands. I mean, the passes weren't on time. They weren't sharp. Uh, the yep. wind looked like it was affecting them a, a ton, like – they weren't on sync. Like they just collectively, as a team, like maybe they went out and partied way too hard last night or something. They just they collectively just looked like absolute shit.
0: And it's gonna happen. I, I, that's that's kind of what I chalk it up to. Um, I don't chalk it up to anything more. Like I don't think this is a sign of things to come. I know people. There are certain people that I, I follow on Twitter or on I have on Facebook that were saying like, "Oh, this is a sign of things to come." It's like, no, dude, like. If you just look at it the way you look at it, like the Ravens lost to the Steelers and the Colts, okay? Those two teams aren't world beaters. So the Ravens aren't as good as they played, and the Lions aren't as bad as they played. I think it's in the middle somewhere. But on that day, you had had the Ravens play their best game and the Lions play their worst game, and that's what you get, you know? Like last year when the, the Lions got shelled by the New England Patriots, were the New England Patriots a good team? Absolutely not, not.
1: Yeah, I mean yeah. Um I mean and even we've done it, right? So like the like Quintricia Lions, right? So when Matt Patricia was leading us, I mean we like whooped up on Tom Brady and Gronkowski and the in the Patriots. Like it shouldn't have happened. Um you know, it is what it is. I mean there's always a team that wins that shouldn't. Uh, and and it's not like the Late Ravens are some dog shit scrub team. Like they're a they're a top three team in the AFC. Um, mm-hmm. you know, as of right now, in my opinion. Um, I mean you could you couldn't argue much past top five. I mean, they're a very good team in the AFC. Some have them as favorites of the Super Bowl. So it's not like we got beased by some scrubs. Um, I just, you know, I just don't know if we were necessarily like mentally or physically prepared and ready for something like that. And like I said, I mean, like you, like you just stated, there's really not much to it outside of just bad day at the office, shitty game. Everyone was off. And it's hard because uh, when you get down, um, you know, two scores, and then we throw a pick, or we lose a fumble, and then they come down and score again. It, the, the momentum is so shifted; it's hard to dig out of a twenty-one to nothing early, ha- like early first half uh, deficit. You know, when well, they I- start piling it on there, you kind of just are like, you know, I, I don't know you, know. you, I'm sure you've played some like. I mean, I know you played sports in school, but I, I, I'm sure you played some kind of like adult rec league sports, right? Like, say, like softball or bowling or something. You know, when you're sitting there and you're you're playing beer league softball and you're getting, you know, the piss kicked out of you, fifteen to zero, you're kind of like. And let's just come back at this next week. Let's just kind of get through this game. And I know it's different. These guys are professionals. They make millions of dollars, and there's something that's very serious on the line. But at a certain point, some of the attitude and morale is like, hey, look, let's see what we can can do to get positives out of this. But we kind of know we're down and out, especially down 28-0. You know you're down and out, so let's try to find some positives moving forward. Mm-hmm. Let's uh let's get over it. let's get through this shit. Let's get over this shit and next week let's just come back that much stronger. Like this is embarrassing, you know. Like I hope these guys are at least like a little ashamed and embarrassed of just getting their absolute clock cleaned.
0: Well, I was saying on Darcy's show, which he commented uh here and he said hi. Um I love Darcy. So here's the here here's the thing. When you play a game and you get absolutely the like, shit beat out of you, um you wanna come back next week and you wanna you wanna dominate your opponent. Now, it just so happens that the Detroit Lions have the Raiders coming in. They don't have, like, a team like, you know, let's say you had a team like the 49ers coming in. I mean, right. even though the 49ers have been struggling, I mean, you get the Raiders. And Jimmy G is not a, a scrambling quarterback. He sits back there like a statue sometimes. So it's a perfect remedy for this Detroit Lions team. What they can't do is go into this game and think that they have it won already, which I don't think they're going to yeah. do after last week. This week is going to be huge, and we're going to talk about that as well as the trade deadline. So if you're just joining us, we're going to talk about the trade deadline in a few minutes. But we're rehashing the Ravens Lions game, and you know the last thing I'll say, Tyler, about this this Lions Ravens game was um, a lot of people don't understand that when when the Ravens start out, when they get to a ten a nothing or more league lead, do you know what their record is?
1: Probably pretty good.
0: It is twenty-one and one.
1: Wow! So they uh, once they get a lead, they hang on to it.
0: Do you know what the Lions' record is with Jared Goff when they get a lead, or with ten points, a lead with ten points? Nope. Twenty-one and one.
1: Oh, really? Okay.
0: So these are two these te- these two teams that you were, went went to play last week. They're both the they need to start fast. Right, And I thought when the Ravens started, when they, they decided to receive the ball, that's what they were saying. And when you find yourself down 14 nothing at the, you know, barely before the first quarter is in the halfway point, you're in a bad spot because this is a team in the Baltimore Ravens who they routinely do well when they have leads. And if you have a good defense like they do and you have a good running game, which they do because Lamar Jackson and, you know, Gus Edwards does a pretty decent job you're going to be able to salt away a lot of wins like that. So I think a lot of people kind of glossed over that. They were like, okay, well, you can come back. Well, there are certain teams you can't come back against because they make it so hard to. But the yeah, Lions did do themselves any favor.
1: And, uh, you know, I said something about if the if the Lions can make Lamar Jackson stay in the pocket and throw all day, that they'll have a good chance at winning. I uh, I was absolutely wrong on that. Lamar Jackson <laughs> looked great from the pocket. He was throwing dots. Like, I, and I and – I, I do attribute some of that to being like, I think Aaron Glenn was like drunk or something for the this game, which, like I said, well, he he he's been up and down. Like his and I was kind of talking some trash on him a little bit. Like the thing is, is like when he's on, he's on, but when he's off, he doesn't do something to immediately turn it around. It seems like it's like his off games are really bad, but his on games are really good, and I think as the season goes, as long as he's able to find that consistency and find that uh, area to improve on, like, that will be okay. Like I said, some of the things just didn't really, like, some of the things confused me. Like, not having Jerry Jacobs is a bigger deal than I thought, not having him out there. Like, that guy is uh, is kind of a glue guy. So, you know, not having out there, it it sucks more than I thought. And, um, you know, like I said, sagging our corners 20 yards off, putting our safeties another 10 years, 10 yards behind the corners and then blitzing our linebackers. I mean, the middle of the field was like, dude, my freaking Aunt Amy could dot the middle of that field, bro. Like it was nothing like, you know, it was it was, it was wide open. And so, uh, I mean, you know, um, all hats off to Lamar. He he took the easy plays and he did what he could and he, and he kind of tore us up with his arm. But uh, yeah. So Darcy says, Tyler, do you agree with me now that Lamar's an MVP candidate? Kind of, but kind of not. I mean, Lam- I mean, he's got an MVP already. I know he's got the talent, and ability, and he he has been very efficient in killing it this year. But there's still a few guys I think that are kind of ahead of him in that race. Uh, I mean, you know, you got it's kind of you got Patrick Mahomes uh, right there looking for to repeat as MVP. Um, you have uh, Tua, Tunnel Viola, tossing them all those yards and touchdowns. Um, I mean, you got even. Even Josh Allen, with all his turnovers, he's had some MVP type of game.
0: It's a long season. So, you know, anybody it is, it's, it's that tough. claims that anybody that claims that MVP at week eight, but if, I but mean, if somebody
1: I, said, like, oh, Lamar, like, Lamar is, uh, like, if somebody told me from the future that Lamar would win MVP again this year, like, I wouldn't be totally shocked.
0: You know, he's, I got mean, the ability. only, the only, the only award I'm willing to pencil in right now is Defensive Player of the Year. And that's going to go to Miles Garrett, obviously. Like, he's, that guy is playing with an absolute, like a machine, but um, we're gonna get to the trade deadline now. Um, t- Tyler, we got a lot to talk about because we got a lot of teams to talk about. Um, first of all, I know that you, um, I know that you like Patrick Chattan. I know that there's conflicting reports of he's available, he's not available, he's available, he's not available. If there was one dream sequence where you can get one player from defense and one player from offense, what would it be?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, so, like, Patrick Sertan is, I mean, he is an absolute dog. So, uh, I mean, I'd love to get him, but I'm always, I'm kind of, I'm worried of what it would cost to get him just because it's going to cost a lot of uh, draft capital, right? Yeah. So, if they're asking for, like, two first, two first two firsts and a second, two first and a second and third, like, I'm like, you know, I don't know. I don't know where we're at. I don't know what we're, you know, I like our team right now. But I do think that, like, with us being young, I mean, and a couple guys that are gonna have to get paid soon, uh, and their prices going up, um, that it, it would be nice to keep hang on to that draft capital because he's gonna need a contract too. Um, you know, three guys and 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 kind of, I guess, a, a dream guy on defense would be Sertan at the right price, um, and then on offense, I really don't even want to mess with our offense much right now. I mean, I guess if I could say one guy, I mean, I guess I would go for a luxury pick and maybe go with like a Mike Evans. But again, depends on what it costs. Um, but
0: I don't think it's available with the way Tampa Bay is playing. But. I
1: don't think so either because they're kind of like, they could win this division and they could make the playoffs. But again, if they're not going to pay him, um, I mean, they are they could always have the option of franchise tagging him. Um, but We'll see. I mean, I I guess that would be my dream scenario. Mike Evans on offense, Patrick Sertan on defense, but I don't, I I, I don't necessarily think that both of those are realistic. Uh, And I know that we've, uh, you know, try to be as realistic as we can being Lions fans, but, but uh, who you got, man? What's, what are you two?
0: So if I was going to do a dream sequence, I would do on defense. I would do, um, let's say Brian Burns that, because I don't think he's available, but I think Brian Burns and Aidan Hutchinson would be a great combo. And then on the offensive side of the ball, this is where I kind of surprise people. I wanted to say Derrick Henry just because I can imagine Derrick Henry, Jameer Gibbs, and Dave Montgomery, like, try to stop us now. Uh, but I really think about Cortland Sutton, you know, a guy that can go out and get the ball, you know, that would be that would be key. But if you look at my positions of target that I, I put up here um, – you're obviously looking at cornerback, you're looking at edge, you're looking at defensive tackle, wide receiver and running back. I mean, they're wide receiver and running back are down the list because you really do have some great players at those positions, but you, the depth might not be as much as you want. So maybe you can go get someone at, at that point in time. And, but, well, The hardest
1: part is those three positions up top are three of the four most expensive to get. Outside yeah. of quarterback, those are the three most expensive. So it, it's and tough. It, it's and, tough but that's what we need, you know.
0: And it comes down to two things. Number one, I think a lot of people when they when they think of trades, they think of Madden, and they can just trade for Max Crosby, or you can go trade for you know just Aaron Donald. You know, remember those rumors? Those are great. Right. But like, you can't. Like, you have to look at one year deals. So I've compiled a list of teams and play and, and players that you can go target. So, we'll start with the the first one. These are the teams that could be sellers at the deadline. So, you got the for-sure sellers. You got the Bears, the Panthers, the Broncos, the Cardinals. They're going to be for-sure sellers. And then in this hodgepodge of all these these uh these seven teams right here, the Vikings and Packers play each other this week. So, that's going to work itself out. The Giants right. and the Commanders, they have big games coming up. So, do the Jets. But the Raiders play us, so we can take their lunch money. And then the Patriots, you never know what they're going to do. Plus, the Raiders are kind of stupid. They they don't want to admit they're in a rebuild, but they're in a rebuild. So when I look at that, like, I go, okay, who's players on that team that we can go get? Who are players on that team, those teams, that we can go get? So I can pile the freaking list and name a team that you want to start off with on this list.
1: I think, though, I mean, one that has a lot of pretty intriguing prospects uh, that are going to be certainly available, I think, is going to be the commanders, Washington commanders.
0: Okay, so we'll go to the commanders. And they've got a the lot commanders. of people
1: in position of that what we need. And I think there's one more that you should add on there, too, that you didn't, is that's Jonathan Allen.
0: Well, here's what the, with the, with the Washington commanders, Jonathan Allen, I don't think he's going to be in trade discussions because he's locked into a deal. But you got Chase Young, you got Montez Sweat that are, uh, you know. You've seen his boom. comments
1: the other day, right? He was pretty pissed off, man.
0: Who? Jonathan Allen. Well, I, I don't think he has. I think he's going to be even more He went on off. a
1: tirade. He's like, I'm so sick of this shit. I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of being a part of this bullshit. Like, he just went off, man. And people were like,
0: okay. I'll take one Jonathan Allen, please. Check. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I look at I look at Curtis Samuel. That's the guy that if you could get for like a cheaper price, that'd be that'd be pretty sweet.
1: Yeah, he's yeah you know, got some speed. He's a kind of good vet. He's uh you know, he's he's still young enough to to not be considered like an old guy. You know, I think he's what only like twenty seven.
0: Yeah, I mean even Kendall Fuller as a cornerback, I like that as well. But obviously the top two, that's what you're kind of gunning Absolutely. to go get for uh, Montez Sweat and Chase Young because we'll get to yours in a minute. I'm gonna pick the next one because this is a team that could potentially just be out all together of this whole trade discussion. If they're gonna sell, if they're not, if they're not gonna sell, they're gonna buy. It's the Minnesota Vikings, and obviously, you know that they are in kind of like a, a weird window where they could sell and get, you know, get Harrison Smith out of there, get Daniel Hunter out of there, who's on an expired deal, by the way, and they can move forward, and then hopefully they could do what the Lions did last year, where they can kind of. Make it interesting at the end, but they're they're not going to be a Super Bowl team. So there's no point in keeping the players that, like Daniel Hunter, who could leave, you know, tomorrow. You know, he left after this year. So that's something I look at with this Minnesota team. I think that you know they're they could be a seller. So if you want Daniel Hunter, if you're if you're a Lions fan that wants Daniel Hunter, I would very tell you that you know the Packers winning against the Vikings would be pretty huge, but. I also put the Packers on there because I think this is interesting, too, because they have expired deals, too. Rashawn Gary is on an expired deal this year. Now, Darnell Savage is on IR, but he's on an expired deal, and you could still get a trade done technically with someone on IR and an A.J. Dillon. So, obviously, it's a running back, it's it's a defensive back, and it's a it's an edge rusher. But you look at those guys, and you're like, okay, who, who can you get out of those guys? Which I don't think Green Bay is going to sell, but if they lost... um, Sunday, you could say maybe they might go the So, does anybody fancy you from the Green Bay Packers, from the Minnesota Vikings?
1: Yeah, Danielle Hunter and Rashawn Gary are both, yeah. Uh, I mean, they're both studs, man. I mean, they're going to both be asking for big money. Um, yeah. but, uh, I mean, you're talking about getting two guys like Rashawn Gary, he's got Michigan ties, right. Um, he's got, you know, he, I just, just watching him, like I watched him that one game he came back, I think it was. I forget his first game back, but he didn't play much. He played like 12 snaps and he had like, um, like five, four pressures and like 12 snaps. It was something ridiculous. And just watching him, he still can just straight up dominate, um, you know, the, uh, opposing offensive lines. And then Daniel Hunter, he's just an absolute dog too. Um, and, and I think we're very close on, uh, what we need, um, so, like, if we get if we do get, like, say, that one extra premium edge rusher, um, our defense is, like – I mean, it's already good, but you're talking about, like, this kind of the cherry on top. So, right. um, each of those guys – I'm not really interested in, like, uh, Harrison Smith or Darnell Savage or A.J. Right. I mean, like
0: eh. I just decided to add them on because they could be guys no, and, I totally
1: and there are expiring deals. And there are some people that might say, yeah, let's go get those guys. You know, we, we could use bodies, but I'm really – Someone said Max Crosby is a good pick, too. He would be great. I just don't think he's available.
0: He's not available. Like, the the Raiders, as dumb as the Raiders are, they're not going to give up on Max Crosby. Um, Derrick Henry and Chase Young would be great additions. I agree with that. Uh, Chase Young would be a great add, says Eric Miller. Uh, There's also another team that's in this discussion for trading away players, and that is the Chicago Bears. And you look at the Chicago Bears and you go, these are guys on expired deals that are expiring this year, that you could potentially go get for a slight price. So Jalen Johnson, our cornerback, he's a very underrated corner for Chicago. Uh, Yannick Nagakwe, the edge rusher from Chicago. Darnell Mooney, the wide receiver, who, you know, I like Mooney a lot, to be honest. I like Andrew Billings as well on that list. But if you're going to power rank who I would take out of this, I'd probably take Nagakwe or Jalen Johnson first before I take like a Billings or something like that.
1: Yeah, um, Ngakwe. I mean, he um, he's not like at, he doesn't have the hype as he once did, but you know, hey, a, a vet uh, like now that he you know, he's getting a little, he's getting a few years under his belt. You know, uh, a seasoned vet on the edge wouldn't be a bad idea. I still think, like, say if you're gonna give up a fourth rounder for Ngakwe, uh, and but like you could have Chase Young for a second. Go Chase Young. Yeah. You know, if, if there's a better opportunity that you can give up a little bit more. M D that much better. Like um Ngakwe would be kind of just like your last resort. Let's get a guy. Let's just get a guy to like get. Like if guy. you got him for
0: if you got Ngakwe for a seventh round pick, and then you use that premium draft capital to get like someone like a Sotan, I'd be all for it. Right. But yeah, no. That's, right. That's that's what we're looking at. I mean, obviously Ngakwe is not a good run defender, so that's number one. Number two, he's just a pass rusher, so you would have he would kind of fill that James
1: uh, Houston role while Houston's out. Right. Just a primary pass rush specialist.
0: So this is a team that I, I put on here that is interesting because they just made a trade with the Philadelphia Eagles. That's the Tennessee Titans. And there's two players on here that I really like the most. Uh dude, Tyler. What
1: the hell, man? How Howie Roseman from the Eagles is like this dude is collecting infinity stones, bro. This guy is fan. Well, that's
0: that's what good general managers do. They make their team better. And I know there was a person in the comments, I'll put his comment up uh I think it was Justin Fitzpatrick. He says, honestly, it's a real build. Let them Rooks work. Are we are we a Super Bowl team? Maybe. But we want to win a Division one plus win in playoff. Maybe more. But honestly, do we expect more? I'm no pro at picks. But where they were compared to now is a total shock. It's not a total shock. This Detroit Lions team is pretty damn good. And when you have a shot to win in any league that you're in, except the NBA, if you're in the NBA and you're like a seventh seed or you just barely won your division, Sometimes you're like, okay, we're not gonna go buy at the trade deadline. We might just go do yeah. some things, but we, we're not gonna buy. But the NFL, major league baseball, and NHL. If you can get in the dance, you make sure that when you put go in that dance, you have your best foot forward because anything can happen in the playoffs. Well, well, and plus our bye week is on the
1: deadline. Yeah. So like that's important for us. Like that I I, I Think that gives us more of an advantage than it doesn't, I would like to think. Um, because it gives us a chance to, to see guys and study well, a little you, bit more, but also, the guy how would, guys don't the, get hurt.
0: If they brought in a guy, he'd get two weeks to prepare for the next game. So that'd be that's why it, it this this bye week really shapes up well for Brad Holmes swing a trade.
1: Um, I'm just I'm hoping that we finally do it, man. Like, Brett Holmes, it's uh, the reason I'm not surprised, um, uh, was that Justin left the comment? The reason I'm not surprised. Is that the last three years we have been building through the draft and we've been doing it methodically? He's like the first draft was a trench draft, and yeah. then he, the next draft, we win a couple skill players and we got our edge rusher for the future, and we got a, a couple linebackers late, right? And then the uh, you know, in our starting safety, and then the following draft, you know, we got our speedster stud running back and we got you know, our middle linebacker of the future, we got. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we just went and then, you know, and then we made a kind of a free agency signing, which we haven't seen a ton of since Brad's uh, first year when he kind of fumbled the bag on that, uh, with, with, uh, Tyra Williams and, um, Rashad Perriman. Um, but like now we're in a position where it's like, we are finally in a position where we can buy, um, because, you know, you want to have a good mixture of, um, guys that you get through the draft but also it takes years for those guys to learn and develop so sometimes you can sacrifice that to a team that really could use that for their future and get somebody who's ready to win now in combination because a lot of our young guys I think are in a win now mode which is kind of rare right so like um like Jamo and Sue or I'm not sorry I'm not not Jamo Amin Ra and Panay Sewell and Aiden Hutchinson these guys are all ahead of their um ahead of their pace for development. So yeah. the fact that they are that much further ahead allows us to like speed up the timeline. So where yeah. we can go out and, and we can go out and get a guy via trade, because a lot of the times it takes these guys three, four five years. But if these guys are in year two and year three, that are just lighting it the hell up, you can speed that up a little bit. So um, yeah, we can, we can afford some draft capital. I don't, I don't know how much I want to like give away like multiple firsts, but again, you kind of weigh the difference. Like if, 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 Denver's willing to listen and you say, I'll give you a first, a second, and a fourth for Sertan, and they say yes. Yeah, that's good value.
0: Even if they said two first round picks consecutively, I mean, you'd think about it. You wouldn't you wouldn't just go, No, no not not at all. Because you're getting a guy for two years. So you think about it, you're getting a, you're getting him for each year as a first round pick. And what you gotta weigh as a general manager for Brad Holmes is he's gotta weigh. If I spend a draft capital, let's say I gave up a first round pick for Patrick Sertan. I give up two first round picks. Well, I get him for two years. And is Patrick Sertan gonna be better than a player I could draft with that draft pick? Now, if you are let's say Alliance go to the NFC championship game, so they're gonna be picking 28 through 32, right? So they're not gonna have a high draft pick. So you're you're weighing out, you're you're weighing the consequences of your actions for saying okay, if I go trade for Patrick Sertan with the first round pick and I give him two first round picks, what does that do for me? And am I really losing anything? And if you're, and if you're Brad Holmes, you're just saying, screw it. Is there a rookie that's going to come in that's going to be better than Patrick Sertan? Probably not. Probably not. Well, think of the
1: guys that are available at that time. I mean, that's like, you know, like exactly like you said, like you're, if it was a top-five pick, you know, I'd be like, hey, you know, if there's some stud corners coming out and that guy can be really good and be really special. But even at right that now. point,
0: like, even at that point, like, Patrick Sertan is Patrick Sertan. You're, no, you're, you're talking about, like, a lot of people, to get lost in this hole. You know, there's a person that we're going to talk about later that was drafted early in the first round. And so far, he has not done anything. But, you know, you look at guys like you – there's been multiple occasions where there's been a guy that you look at and you go, That's a for sure thing. And then you get him there and you realize not as good as I thought.
1: Well, and I think that's the, the philosophy of like how you howie Roseman and also like Les Sneed with the Rams. It's like, look, we're willing to take that chance, um, because we know what we're gonna be getting and we know that we're gonna have a player that's already at that value.
0: I like this point by Ken. It says Brad Holmes' ability to draft outweighs two picks for any player, in my opinion. His success so far, uh, so far gives two first round picks a lot of value. It also tells you because of the guys that he's drafted later in the draft that two first round picks is not going to really sink him. Because well, and and and
1: and exactly. Like I, I don't, and I know I'm still I still believe in him, and I still I still love me some J-Mo, but. Let's look at our fat, past few, a few, couple first round picks. I mean, it's not like uh, they're necessarily popping off the charts right now. I mean, you've got think, Jack Campbell. I think this was,
0: week, I think this week, J-J-Mo, I mean, not Jmo. Jameer Gibbs proves that he's a first if, round pick.
1: You got Gibbs, Jmo, and Jack Campbell were our last three first round picks. Now, Jack Campbell, it's not fair. They are not utilizing him the proper way. They're putting a guy who had um, six career snaps at Iowa as an edge rusher. Yeah. Uh, and all in all four years they're putting him on the edge. I get him being on the field. I just I think that that's a, kind of a malpractice on Ag's part, um, taking our best coverage linebacker out of coverage. But um, outside of that, um, that's going to take that that position is going to take a while to learn and do well. Uh, middle linebackers, you're talking at least three seasons before they're usually typically up to speed. Uh, and then you know JMO and Gibbs both have a ton of potential, um, yeah. but. The things we talk about Brad Holmes being Brad Holmes is round, you know, round three, four, five, six. Like, yeah, if we get rid of two first round picks for Sertan, he's still going to be hitting the middle rounds, baby. We're still going to get some talent.
0: Now, Tom Thomas, uh, says Brad will probably go the cheap route at the deadline. It's great you said that, Tom, because we're going to get to that too. Because if you look at Tennessee, okay. There's there's obviously if you look at Tennessee, you, you look at Demico uh you can look at Derrick Henry, obviously. That's the guy that, that rises off the top. But you got Sean Murphy Bunting, who is actually from Central Michigan. So, you know, he's a good corner. He was playing with Tampa for during their Super Bowl run. But the player I want really want you to look at is Danico Autry. Now, Danico Autry is one of the most underrated edge players in this whole and uh, in, in this whole um trade deadline fiasco. Because I when I watched Because, number one, just full disclosure, I watch a lot of Tennessee Titans football because secretly I love them. But secretly, like, they're just the dumbest franchise because they've drafted Malik Willis and and Will Levis and Ryan Tannehill is still their quarterback. And it's just like, but you traded A.J. Brown away. But you traded Kevin Bayard away. Like, what the hell? They're really helping the Eagles out, to be honest. They, They are the Eagles Feeder yeah, they
1: must, uh, the the GM of the Titans and uh howie Roseman must be like like buddies or something man like well no they're
0: their GM that traded AJ Brown and them got fired okay. because he traded AJ Brown but if you're if you like a cheap option the Nico is that that cheap option uh Sean Murphy Bunt would be a cheaper option for a cornerback as well and then if you look at Denver like you look at Denver this is all the players I can I can get off their trade uh the t- players they might trade away i went through like 50 different articles uh court sutton um that's a good wide receiver you, i talked about him earlier uh we talked about patrick shatan we talked about is he available is he not available there's conflicting reports you got jerry judy who i'm not interested at all you got jeff you got justin simmons who's a good defensive back but we don't really need him josie jewel a linebacker we don't really need him Will Lutz, that's that's interesting. Adam Trotman, he's from he's from Michigan. You you could probably go out and get him for cheap, but Denver is having a full fire sale. So if you think that there is a player that can help you out that on that that team, go call because p- potentially you can get that player for whatever price you want to ask.
1: Well shit. You know, I'm thinking, man, like I just want us to be able to do cool shit too, right? Like if we would have picked up the phone and called about Kevin Byard, that didn't really cost a lot. Um, so like I'm like, man, how how he's always kind of playing uh it's set checkers. the market,
0: it's set the market though, because if Kevin Bayard's going for that cheap,
1: that's true. What is
0: what do some of these other players go for? Because Kevin Bayard is a former all pro, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So at some point you're gonna have to go through it. So let's go to Arizona. We all know that they're they're gonna be selling out uh Buddha Baker. Um, he's probably gonna be gone. Uh Kaiser White, the linebacker. Marquise. That's we talked
1: about uh, last offseason too, is because of your weight. I, maybe last year, but I don't see a need
0: now. No, I don't see a need now with the players we got now. But if you look at Marquise Brown, that's interesting. But it's another person that drops balls, and we don't need that right now. Um, <laughs> you go to you go to New York, and you go, Adoree Jackson, Leonard Williams, A. Robinson, Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, I'd take i take
1: all those. I'd take all those guys if if they were. Panthers.
0: Two players that really intrigue the hell out of me, it's Adoree Jackson and Leonard Williams. I think Absolutely. those would be good good pieces. If you go to New England, it's um, Ezekiel Elliott, Kendrick Bourne, Devontae Parker, the wide receiver, which I'm not a big fan of, and Hunter, Hunter Henry. I'm good. Out of, out, of, out of those guys, who would you go for? I'm hanging up the phone. I agree with you right there. <laughs> you, you, I mean – for New England yeah i mean is there anybody on New York that you would obviously go get obviously you like Leonard Williams and Gary yeah, I'd Jackson. go I'd,
1: I'd go everybody on New York i mean i, I mean you could always use a guy you could even use the depth guy like Hodgins. i think he has some uh he has some untapped potential for sure um uh A'shaun Robinson former lion um you know getting a chance to come back here and play with like you know a good team you know might add a little bit of fuel uh and those those two guys are guys you can give for cheap especially Ashawn. you could probably get him for like a like a future conditional seventh. Um or you know, a sixth. So um yeah, I mean that's cool. I'm down with anybody from the, the, the Giants. Um but uh he,
0: he said, Ken said that he can't remember who it was, but you said it's Saquon was a possibility. Uh Brian Dable squashed that, so that's not gonna happen. Um Thomas said that Sean Murphy and Autry could probably get done with fifth and sixth round picks. If that's the case, send them. Send them yep. on their way to Detroit. Yeah, no, but, I but um there's a couple other teams that I wanted to get to. Um, the one team in particular, because I think that they could be this could be pretty interesting because Carl Lawson, the edge rusher from New York, he's on an expiring deal, and Delvin Cook has been his role is diminished. If there was a running back that you were gonna go after to get as a depth option, you had you would have to think that Delvin Cook isn't expensive at all. You would have yeah. to think that Delvin you would have to think that Delvin Cook in this offense where he's not going to be relied upon to be like this, like 30 carry back, he would be pretty good in spurts, you know, like you send him out there in certain times and you can, could, could kind of teach Jameer Gibbs the ropes too, as well. So well, that's what I look
1: at. We just need a guy who can, who can breathe and has two working legs and has a pulse because our With, running backs the are way, The way our
0: running back points. situation is, I mean, we can't even keep one on the field for a game. That's crazy so,
1: man. Like we're down to like I mean w- the, I don't even know who the hell that dude was. They 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 got some dude, Devin Oh o- or
0: whatever. Oh, Divine Zigbo? Zigbo. Yeah, I, I have yeah. never even heard of that dude in my whole life No, and people people forget that Divine Zigbo was like a thousand yard rusher at Nebraska for years. I certainly forgot. Yeah, <laughs> so. a lot of people well, a lot of people didn't watch Nebraska football cuz they were gutter trash, but what I'm saying though is there's some talent there, but
1: it's just crazy because we're we got guys like that getting carriers. It's like, man, we are just desperate for bodies, right? We now. are at the
0: bottom of the chili pack. We 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 literally signed back Jamar Jefferson, old friend alert. He's back. You yeah. know, we signed Tom. We I think they signed Tom Kennedy to the practice squad, if I believe so. Can we like, get away from this guy? Holy shit. This guy again. It's like it's like um. Andre Fluellen. Wait, who's the other player? Oh, Dan Skipper. Dan Skipper is always getting signed back by, by Detroit, too. But, like, um, yeah, we've reached the bottom of the chili pot for these running backs. I mean, when you lose and Knight, when you lose, uh, like, I'm not – I can't even remember who, who else we lost. I mean, Montgomery. Montgomery, obviously. Um, we lost Gibbs for a few games, a couple games. We've been, we've been down – we haven't had our full stable of running backs that we thought we would have. Since, uh, I
1: think Craig Reynolds was even got banged up the one game. Yeah.
0: Craig Reynolds was banged up. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, but man, we
1: cut, we cut Cabinda, right? Or we didn't, did we cut him yet? I don't know. He got
0: an injured got ninja reserve too.
1: I, uh, we had a weird, uh, uh, Rodrigo at fullback sighting.
0: That was interesting too. I don't hate it. I don't hate it because we
1: can, we can cut Cabinda and free up a spot.
0: Well, yeah. Cabinda is a little bit, um, Cabinda was a former linebacker too. So that's interesting, but, I don't I never like him because he has stone hands, so it don't matter. Um, obviously there's a team that's coming in here too that is gonna be selling, and there's one player in particular that I really like now. I like the Hunter Renfro. I think Hunter Renfro here would be top notch. You imagine him in a slot with St. Brown out wide, and then you you mix in a Josh Ronald and J-mo on the outside. That'd be pretty intriguing to me. But sure. Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters is a guy I look at like maybe you can get him for a seventh round pick. That would be spectacular because obviously wherever Marcus Peters goes, they go to the Super Bowl. I mean, he went to, with the Rams, he went with the Bucs. Like this guy's went everywhere, and I think he's a good veteran presence in that backfield. But you need someone at cornerback right now because with Jerry, with when Jerry Jacobs went out and you were starting Will Harris, I mean, you really didn't think that Emmanuel Mosley would be ready till week four, and then he played one snap and snapped his leg again, so. Something to figure out. Um, comments: uh, Joe Claudio says, "Ramadre Stevenson, could, could he be had from the Pats? I think if you're going to look at a running back from the New England Patriots, I think you have to look at Ezekiel Ali. I don't think they're going to get rid of Stevenson. Um, I don't think run- so. I, mean, I don't so, really
1: necessarily like the idea of us getting like a premium running back because we already have two like that are supposed to be. So right. we just need a body that can buy time."
0: We Just need a body like the Delvin Cook one intrigues me because he could be had for cheap. That's my opinion. Well, again, I'm just somebody
1: said, go get Derrick Henry, but like, what are you going to do with Monty and Gibbs? Like, just ride the pine and fuck it.
0: (laughs) I mean, you would have such a deep running back. How do you get all those guys carry? Like, what are you going to run the ball like a hundred times? Um, (laughs) but we, me and you have our players that we want, we want, um, and we're going to get that right now. So Tyler has Patrick Sertan. I don't think he's attainable in my opinion, but whatever. Um, Patrick Sertan at number one. Dante Jackson at number two. Sweat at number three. Chase Young at number four, which he had him back-to-back. So I just, you can mix them up if you want, Tyler. But out of those guys, what's the, the one that you would really, 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 really want? Obviously, you would want Patrick Sertan.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I'm being realistic with myself, I mean, I, I think that Chase Young is more obtainable than Montez Sweat. Yeah, um, a combination of contract and um, like what like they're they're thinking they can get a little bit, maybe a little bit more for Chase Young. That's I, I, weird. That's an intriguing one. I, either one of those guys for sure. But I'd say I'd probably like Dante Jackson and Chase Young. I think Dante Jackson's kind of been on the trade block the last couple of years. Like secretly, like I don't think they've came out and necessarily said it. But he's a really fast corner. Um he plays good, he he plays good man coverage. Um, he can play a little bit of zone. He seems like a good team guy. Like, I'm kind of 50-50 on that. Like, I couldn't really necessarily pick one just because they're both two different positions. But Don, D- Dante Jackson or uh or Chase Young would be would make me definitely happy. Like Chase Young, it just seems like he's a guy that like this defense and this team could really pull that something out of him that like they, the, the commanders have been trying to pull out of him. Like I know some people don't like his personality some people don't like his attitude. Some people just don't like him in general. I think part of that has to do with the fact that he went to Ohio state and there's a lot of Michigan fans that just like, don't like that. Um, But I, I still think like chase young has that tenacity and that competitiveness. And he always seems like he's kind of fired up and, and he's kind of just like, kind of got that dog in him and uh, it would just be cool to see because he was picked number two for a reason, man. Like they saw something in him. Um, you know, if we can kind of take it to that next level and and kind of pull a little bit of that extra something out of him and uh, you know, he can turn to something special um, now that he, the, hopefully the injuries are behind him, Like that'd be great. You know, and hopefully he's because of the injury history and because of the upcoming contract, he doesn't cost too much. I would say the richest I would go for that is a second-round pick. Yeah. Um, the Realistically, I don't think he'll go for less than a fourth. So you're in that second to fourth range, and it just depends. Does another team swoop in and become desperate and throw a first in there, or do they throw two seconds? I don't know. We'll see. Because sometimes, uh, as you know, I mean, you see tr- crazy trades all the time. Sometimes desperate teams will throw some bullshit in there just to try to get a deal done. But it would be nice for us to be on the – uh on the other end of it and actually, you know, get the damn guy in a trade. That'd be nice. So hopefully the phones are moving. Um, Brad's on the clock, man. We'll see what he, will see what he comes up with.
0: Yeah. So obviously I have chased young. Number one. Um, I, that comes with no avail. I think he'd be great with Aiden Hutchinson pairing them together. Um, obviously I love, uh, Mattaz sweat too. I mean, he had a short lived career at Michigan state, but I remember at Michigan state, he was, he was pretty decent for a little bit while he was there. And then, uh, Obviously, Sean Murphy Bunting, um, the, the, the Tennessee Titan uh, cornerback. I remember him with Tampa Bay. He's a Detroit kid. It'd be nice so, to get him back here. Uh, former Central
1: Michigan Chippewa.
0: Yeah. And then Danico Autry is my fourth one. I, I think Danico Autry would be amazing to have with uh, Ian Hutchinson. I think he would be resignable. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to check out what his age is because that's some, one of the things that I didn't get to check because I was trying to put this together. But, um, Danico Autry as a defensive end, he just he's one of the most underrated defensive ends because he plays with Jeffrey Simmons, which Jeffrey Simmons is absolutely an animal. But if you can get Denico uh, Danico Autry, he's 33 years old, he's not going to cost much. So if you can get him and pair him with uh Aiden Hutchin, I mean, like you got to think you're gonna get James Houston back as well. You know, you could you, he's not asked to go out there every game, every snap. Uh,
1: well then it kinda of allows you to move on from like Charles Harris and Romeo Aquara, Yeah. And it frees up money. So um, you know, if you're smart and savvy with it, you get Austria over here and you're able to sign him for say like a three year twenty one million
0: dollar deal. You know I mean you can even you can even go one year deal, one year deal, one year deal. You know what I'm saying? You could. But you know, just regardless, st-
1: if you can get him for like a good price for like a pretty decent edge rusher. Then, like I said, you can cut out your Aquara and your Harris and a couple of those other guys that are just kind of bogging, You're just taking up money and taking up space. I really expected more out of those two coming back, but it just seems like they lost. They definitely lost a step for, with their injury, and that happens. Um, but even, right now, I, right now I'm more intrigued in Julian Aquara than I am Romeo Aquara, which is something I've never been able to say.
0: Even with uh, defensive end being in need, they're still one of the most team pressures through week eight in the National Football League. So that tells you everything you need to know about this Detroit Lions team. I mean, they have the most pressures through heading into week 8. So, you know, you look at the teams that they're ahead of the the 49ers, the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Ravens. If you just add a good pass rusher to this this lineup, this could take this team from just good to great instantly. Instantly. Yeah. So, that's that's what, what I'm getting into. And you got anything about to say about the trade market so we can move on to the next topic?
1: No, you're good, man.
0: All <laughs> right, because we gotta talk about your boy. We gotta talk about your boy. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you, Tyler. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit concerned. I'm not even gonna lie. Because I what JMO do is doing, what J Mo is doing out there, okay. Let's just put it this way not calling the kid a bust. I'm not calling him anything above the sorts. I'm just concerned because his drop rate is pretty bad right now. Obviously, he's, he had a lot of he was targeted six times and didn't catch a ball last week. I'll call, I'll put it together as like that was a bad game for everyone. So I'm not really gonna put that in. But there was drops that he's had before. One of the things that they've Dan Campbell has said on the radio, oh to the media, is that he's never gonna be an elite pa- cast. Pa- pass catcher (laughs) Jesus he'll never be an elite pass catcher so that's that's what Dan Campbell said so you drafted him with the 12th overall pick and this guy Jamison Williams could be the key to do you go from good or do you go to great because if you go to if Jamo is good this takes his team from really good to great really quickly
1: and I get your concern. I also am sort of concerned. I mean, I. Uh
0: oh. We lost him. Tyler, we lost you. Now, uh, you know, J Mo, it's just shocking to me that he hasn't been able to play as well. And there was a comment from someone. That says. Uh, let me go back to it. It's up here. It said, J-Mo, come on now." This is Donald. Uh, he says he needs to worry about catching the ball instead of worrying about celebrating. I think he bounces back Monday night and has a big game. Hey, i like tired about that. That. <laughs> uh, that. Yeah.
1: No. Um, so Jmo, no. To me, I mean, there there is some concern there as well. I understand that. Um, I, uh, I I I I don't know what to say. I um, I mean, the guy is. Very fast. Um, I am concerned about like his creativity with his route running. Um, I'm sort of concerned about the lack of targets. And sometimes that means like the receivers just not getting open or not being creative with his routes. Uh, And obviously the drops, which I I know I would attributed to a confidence issue. Um, I just don't want this to carry on. Like I, I hope at some point the bleeding stops and he can focus on playing football and being a good player.
0: Because right. it's harder, because when
1: you get in your head and, and you get some early drops early in your career and you, um, you know, we, we get other guys and you get buried in the depth chart. Like, I don't want this guy to be someone that kind of gets forgotten about and gets buried. Like, I hope he makes the most of his opportunity so that he is able to fit himself into a nice role in this offense and fit into, you know, a nice area. Like I said before, and I'll say it again, and I've said it a thousand times and I'll scream it until it happens. I want to see a full game with J-Mo. I want to see... Mm-hmm. I want to see 50 snaps. I want to see what it looks like. I just want to see, just to see what it looks like. I don't, you know, maybe against a team like the Raiders, that's possible because, you know, their defense isn't that great. Or we see it against a team like the Broncos, um, who maybe if tan has gone, you know, we don't have to worry about that matchup at all. Like, I just want to see what it looks like because I do think that he has the ability with his feet. I mean, this guy is not just fast. This guy is like, like, holy shit fast. Like this guy is like um, you know, a smidge below Tyreek Hill fast. Like uh, a guy that possibly could have ran like a four two five forty in the draft and like in the combine type of fast. Like this guy is very very, very fast. Um but again, how many times have we seen burners like John Ross? Um that uh you know to the, the Bengals drafted ninth overall ran a four two four and... Couldn't catch a cold. Corey Coleman ran a 428. Couldn't catch a cold. Uh these guys that are just speedsters, but there's just something that does feel different about J-Mo that I feel like he does have potential to do really well. Just because uh, there's just I just got this kind of feeling and this vibe from him that like I know he he can turn out good. It's like, but how long and at what expense? And Listen man, you gotta strings together some you gotta string together some good days. You gotta stack some days and you gotta stop dropping the damn ball. You gotta get your hands on that thing, man. Like eh. I'm just saying, look, if, if he if he finishes out the season and he has you know, he's averaging three he's averaging two, three drops a game. It's not looking good.
0: You, you yeah, gotta giant. real quick. John uh, John makes a good point he says never uses his hand he, he always lets it ha- hit his pads that's one of the things that Walter from the Lions Avenue he's mentioned a couple times about how you know he's a body catcher he's not a he's not a hands catcher you know one of the things that really you said something that really kind of like I was kind of like I was waiting to see what you' were saying but I just don't get because you said let's give him the snaps you know to go out there and make things happen well here's the thing. They're not going to give you more snaps if you can't catch a ball and i get that but i also really? think
1: that like that you kind of have to like you, you kind of have to force your way to like be able to get over those things like then you got to
0: you got, you make the plays though yeah because they're that. not gonna they're not gonna put you out there let's let's say for let's say for shits and giggles okay they put uh jmo out there against the raiders and jmo Goes over. Oh, we have never seen this guy go over the middle. That's one thing that really concerns me. We have never seen. We have not seen him go over the middle, and that's probably Ben Johnson, and the coaches that are protecting him because they don't know if he can catch over the middle. I mean, we've seen him one time have a chance to catch over the middle, and he just dropped it. That was that was suspect as hell. But here's the thing: the quarterback has to trust you. So if the quarterback throws JMO the ball and JMO get the hand on it. He tips it up in the air. It gets intercepted. It gets taken back for a pick six. And then golf is getting the, the, the heat. You know what I'm saying? The right. Goff, you gotta, you gotta just, everyone has to remember like this guy has to catch the ball. That's the main thing. And he has to make the most of his opportunities because right now you got Josh Reynolds. That's playing better than him. You have uh Cleef Raymond. That's playing better than him. You have Antoine green who got more snaps than Jamison Williams. If there's not there, if there's never been a bigger indictment, it's that a seventh round pick at more snaps in an NFL game than Jamison Williams. So it's time for jmo to grow up because if if he's not going to get good, if he's not going to be a good player, like we should, we need to know by the end of this year because we can't keep relying on the guy to be that game breaking, uh, route running, you know, Tyreek Hill type. You know, he's gotta be able to catch the ball. One of the things that Tyreek Hill does all the time, he catches the freaking ball and he gets loose in, in open field. That's what I, well, I have to say. Well,
1: it's crazy because he's he's already had like his only three catches yeah. were like well the one or like he had like four catches, the one was called back. This dude, they were like all for like 50 yard plus bombs. <laughs> um and so like I want us to be able to just like I want him to be able to get involved, like dude, if this dude had a stat line of four catches for 65 yards and a touchdown. Like I'd be ecstatic just to see him being able to catch the ball and be involved. But like, it's just, it's tough because it's almost like, well, a, they don't trust him, which I understand why. But for B, it's like, I don't know. He kind of is just playing scared. I don't know if it's because he's scared to get hit or he's scared to drop the ball, but you got to go out there and shake that mental, um, that mental side of the game and, and, and bring your confidence back up and just shake that shit, man. Like yeah. you, you've got to go in there and be a dog and, like, in a perfect world, he takes all of he takes Josh Reynolds' catches because he's similar size to Josh Reynolds. He's way faster. And if he can develop his routes and get open like Josh Reynolds could, then and then we would have a three-headed freaking monster out there. And, uh, you know, then we have, you know, so we'd have Laporta, Ron, Jamo just cooking defenses. But as of right now, there ain't no way in hell I'm going to put him over Josh Reynolds right now because that dude is Mr. Reliable. He catches most things that are thrown his way. He knows where to be. His timing's on point. He's a good you know, he he catches the rock. Like, but it's like, man, I want J Mo to carve a spot out in this offense really bad. And I know that's conflicting as me as a fan because it's like is it good for the team or is it because I just really want him to be good? Like I I want it to be both, man, because I really want him to be good, but I know that it can't be detrimental. We can't just go out there and force j Mo thirteen targets because Because I want him
0: to. If J Mo is good, he he uplifts his offense into another stratosphere. You know, if J- if Jameer Gibbs is the running back that we think he can lift this team into another stratosphere, we already know that Sam Laporta is a damn good tight end. So, um, if you can get a guy who can stretch the field, that would open up the, the it would open up the whole team, and everyone's going to benefit from it. But Jamo has to, yes, like John said, he said, you know, they aren't wait. Campbell says they aren't waiting. He has to take advantage of his attempts. I love that Campbell is play well or move along. And that's how it goes, dude. Like you, you can't wait on the rookie because you can't wait on a young player to get up the snuff. He has to just continue to play the way that he's supposed to be playing, or else you're not you're never gonna get where you want to be.
1: It's just tough because, like, dude, I don't want what I don't want to happen is this asshole to go to Kansas City and catch eleven touchdowns, like, <laughs> because that's the type of thing that would happen to us.
0: But I think Patrick Mahomes can do that with anybody, to be honest. Uh, that's yeah. that's a one quarterback. But J. Mo has to catch the ball. I mean, if there's there's not a, there's a team's not going to be like, oh yeah, this guy got speed, but he can't catch the ball. Like you're a wide receiver, you have to catch the ball. Like we dealt with this with Eric, with Eric Ebron, which it's similar that uh, Jamison Williams can't. Uh, his drop rate's a little bit worse than Ebron's was at this point, so that tells you everything you need to know. But I, I'm just concerned about the guy because we expect a lot from him. He gets a lot of heat from like the fan base from the media. So he's starting to play into this a little bit and starting to like make the own, his own heat for himself. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we, I,
1: just, I, I he can't put up another skunk on against the Raiders, dude. That's he's gotta be able to make some, make some plays.
0: We, we talked about it. Like I, I said, I wouldn't judge him until the Baltimore game. Uh, and then, you know, Jameson Williams uh had, a couple of shots to you know catch the ball, didn't catch him. Um, and a lot of people will say, Well, he got held on that one play where he was, you know, he was trying to go up and make the catch. You have, to, if you're a wide receiver, you're gonna get grabbed at some point and you're gonna have to make the catch note regardless, okay? Because if you're in a playoff game, there's gonna be a time where they're gonna hold the shit out of you, and you better make that catch because that could be the difference between a win and a loss in the playoffs. So that's why I think that you know, Jameson Williams. It, he needs to just pick it up and not. There's there can't be any more excuses for the kid. He's done. He's done a decent job, but he, he's not doing. He's not doing what we expected him to do. And drafting a guy 12th overall, he needs to be a game breaker. And that goes for Jameer Gibbs too. It's like Jameer Gibbs needs to be a really good, a really damn good player to say, yes, we made the right draft pick. Yeah,
1: I just. We'll see how the rest of the year shapes out, man. Like I said, I hope uh we get, you know I, I like you said, with J Mo being good, it does elevate his offense. It's just a matter of like when is he getting when is he going to be good and if he's going to be good. I tend to be I tend to lean more towards when is he gonna be good just because I'm more optimistic and I was high on him coming out. Um but again, I mean, it's it's hard. Alabama, all you gotta do is just run streaks.
0: Yeah. I mean Walt, Walter brought up some Walter from Lions Avenue brought up something that I didn't really look into. But Walter said, why didn't he see the field at Ohio State? And part of the reason that is is because well he saw the field for a little bit, but he didn't play over Olave or Garrett Wilson or Najigba. Why was that? And when you look at Ohio State, what's the one thing that Ohio State wide receivers do coming out of college? They are great at running routes. They are awesome at running routes. You know, one of the things that makes Garrett Wilson one of the best wide receivers, young wide receivers, route running. Olave route running. Michael Thomas, vintage Michael Thomas, route running. Like, if you can run routes in this league, you're going to get a lot of passes towards you. Look at Keenan Allen. You know, Keenan Allen does not know speed demon, but he can run routes with the best of them. Yeah. Look at Amra St. Brown. Runs great routes. He's always Javonte, where he has to be. Javonte Adams. Devante Adams. There's a, a bevy of them. That's because they are technicians with the way that they they take their routes. And that's how that's how you become a good wide receiver. Like, I know people think that you can get by um, skill alone, but skill alone is not going to get it done in the NFL. Like, there's guys running four, three, forties at cornerback, too. So you have to be a route, you have to be precise with your routes. You have to be you have to make sure that you are where the quarterback expects you to be because if he throws that ball and you're not there and it goes for a pick six, we're talking about a bad time for the whole team. So that's what I come down with.
1: Yeah. And I just, you know, and, and he, dude, looking out there, he is skinny as hell. He, uh, you know, I hope that he can put on, you know, make sure he's put on some strength and he can sharpen up and develop those routes. I just, like I said, I don't want JMO, a 12th overall pick to just be a, uh, Streaks like deep ball once in a while. Gadget guy, like I just hope he figures it out, man. I you, I still don't, got faith you, in
0: you him. don't you don't want to become a Deshaun Jackson. Well, hey, man, Deshaun Jackson's actually. I mean, he's got crazy yards. He got
1: about thirteen thousand yards, twelve thousand yards. People don't. Well, realize. for a
0: first round pick, you you expect more out of a guy who was drafted to in the in the top fifteen. I mean, as a wide receiver,
1: you don't you don't want to Like you said, you don't want to be a John Ross. You don't want to be a Corey Coleman. You don't want to be a a guy that you know. Once in a while, you get lucky and you chuck one too, and he's faster than everybody else, and he catches it. I mean, you got to be able to 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 be a little bit of a uh, technician, and you got to just. We'll see, man. I mean, he like I said, I still. It's hard because at the end of the day, he still is. Has played half the snaps of most rookie receivers, uh, mm. you know, and even though it's halfway through his second year. I mean, even
0: uh, you look, even you look at Zay Flowers. I mean, Zay Flowers is lights years ahead of Jamison Williams right now, and he's a rookie. So it's
1: just tough. It's like you know, I don't know. My hope is that when he gets more opportunity and more work, and he just stays determined, like it just starts to click. Um, but you know, it takes time to build that trust too. Like you can't necessarily blame golf for not trusting them, but it takes time to build that. I mean, yeah. Um, you know whether that's more off-season work with jmo whether that like i said just just really honing in and and like shutting out all the noise and working on you know just perfecting your craft i think that's what he needs to worry about doing man is he needs to stop you know going out to the clubs and stop getting in trouble with gambling and and try you know stop playing scared like just go out there bust your ass get to work and just man just shake it off like come out and come, you need to, you need to be a player that like you, you, your team can't replace you. They can't be without you. Like you have to be. Um, so I just hope that uh, like I said, I hope you can put it together, man. We'll, we'll see. i fingers are crossed. I still think he's got that talent. Um,
0: okay. So we'll see. Yeah. It's we'll see what what goes on, but that's, that's what I was uh, concerned about with uh, JMO and um. We'll go on to the Raiders and the Lions right now. We'll get that done, and we'll get to our final closing thoughts. But ultimately, this game, Monday, it's going to be a huge game for us because if you look at it from the standpoint of you have to come back with a win, and you can't lose to the Raiders at home because that crowd is going to be absolutely electric. We know that for sure. And the Lions play better at home, and this is a team that they should take advantage of because this team is not that great. Um, the way I look at this game is, you know, I was talking with Mark Schmidt on the Detroit Lions news show with, um, with Darcy and Mark was like, you know, you can't, you can't always expect to blow out teams. You know, you can't. So if the Lions go out there and they win a 27, 24 game, fine. But this team that they're playing in the Vegas Raiders, they're not a good team. They have a couple players that can kill you, but Josh Jacobs hasn't been the guy he's been. I mean, Max Crosby can be a, a, a menace. But he's not like uh, you know he's not gonna make up for that whole team being not not good. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is still their quarterback. Um, you know they can make plays happen, but they're they're just they're not a good team. So you gotta take advantage of a team like that when you're on at home. You know compared to when you're on the road and you go to play the Chargers, which they have a lot of talent. So that's kind of what I look at.
1: Yeah, I mean you gotta you know luckily you got a guy that can match up decently well against uh, Devontae and that's uh, Cam Sutton. Um, I don't know what, what's the status on, uh, Jerry. Uh, he's, he's, he should be back this week. Should be back. So, um, Jerry Jacobs should be able to handle like their, you know, their, their Jacoby Jacob Myers. And yeah. And players like that. So, um, really, man, I mean, you just got to kind of hope that the Raiders don't kind of strike luck and find this fire because they're desperate too. like, not 2 we're not. <sighs> I shouldn't say too because they're not desperate. Um, we are, or no, sorry, we're not desperate. They are. They can't sit there. They like we can't allow a desperate team to catch fire and all of a sudden start beating, like finding their um, their pocket their because the time's running out for them. Because look, they're I think they've only won what like they won two or three games. Yeah, and uh, they're like they, they're kind of like it's now or never time. So it's kind of dangerous playing a team like that. I don't think the Raiders have enough talent necessarily to like to beat us. But it's kind of scary when you play a team like that because when a team has their back against the wall and they're very desperate to get some wins, uh, sometimes uh, you know when that shit like that happens, like you know sometimes they find find a uh, you know they find a way to make it happen. And uh, I don't think Jimmy G is that guy. Um, you know, there's a couple scary players you got to worry about, Max Crosby being one of them. So, um,
0: but you, you know, know John, J- we're we're playing two of the most incompetent coaches back to back. we are. Absolutely. So you got to take advantage of it because eventually they're gonna make a decision that's gonna cost their team. You know, Josh McDaniels. As much as people from Patriot Tree want him to succeed, he's ass. We all knew knew he was ass because everyone from the Patriot Tree is usually ass. So that's number one. And then after this game, you got Brandon Staley, who he, he's he, you might as, he he looks like Chris Kringle. Uh, you know, with the the, the gray beard. But he ain't handing out presents to his team. He's handing out presents to the other team with all these stupid-ass decisions that he makes. So, for me, I look at it like this. Dan Campbell just needs to be smart and proactive and not make this aggressive call that really kind of stems the chart of the game because you just got to wait for Josh McDaniels to make the dumb call. And when he does that, the Lions need to take advantage of him. The one thing I take over this is... um, One thing I take over this is that... Uh, What was I gonna say? The one thing I take on this is, I think, um, the way that this Raiders team is—they play like they want to play a like a grudge match. So if you get out to an early lead, like I said, Lions are twenty and one when they get out to a ten point or more lead in the first quarter, they get that it's over, it's over, and you might as well live bet the Lions and hammer that, hammer that. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean. It's prime time.
1: Jared Goff's pretty good in prime time. Um, he doesn't really buckle under the lights. This is our opportunity to show the nation again that we're serious and that we're here. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's the Raiders, man. I mean, there's not much left to be said. The the Raiders collectively as a team with their coaching staff and their players, the Raiders are a bottom, <laughs> bottom five organization right now.
0: All Dan Campbell has to do there is sit there and do absolutely nothing against the Chargers because Brandon Saley will give it back to him. That's our that's our, one of our page events, mayon You know he's it, that's funny. So, but yeah, like oh, I, I seriously though,
1: like we just can't be super like aggressive and screw shit up.
0: Yeah, just right. don't don't be stupid and you'll win the game. Um, Tyler, we're gonna get to our closing thoughts because this has been a long podcast. We got to the trade deadline. A lot of people were tuned in on that. And If you didn't, you can go back and watch this, or you can listen to the podcast. But it's on YouTube too, so you can go back and watch it as well. But, um, Tyler, um, you got your final thoughts? Yeah, just you know, just gonna keep it kind of simple. Is,
1: is don't uh, final thoughts being just don't don't get too wrapped up in that loss. Good teams get whooped on too. Um, good teams lose. Good teams get their ass beat. I mean, it, it is what it is. So try to move on from this loss with the Baltimore. Ravens and try to just look forward to uh, the Raiders. Um, you know, like you, like you stated earlier, you know, it doesn't have to be an all out dominating ass whooping. and we just need to get wins, you know? So yeah, yeah. I, I want to go out there. Um, you know, I want to see the team playing efficient ball. I'm sure we'll get the more of the run game and the play action involved again. I wouldn't be surprised um, to see Gibbs get, you know, a pretty like healthy amount of catches and or, I'm sorry, just, um, Touches in general, rushes and catches. Uh, I think that we're going to just try to manage the clock and just try to get to the bye week. I think if we can play smart ball and we can we can make sure we win, um, and we can just make it to the bye week here and just get a chance to get some of these guys back, reset, relax, refresh, um, and just get an opportunity to get some of our players back. Like we'll be fine if if we miss. Um, if we miss all these guys every week, you know, and we and we go into the bye week, regardless of who we played, we're sitting at six and two. That's damn good because you're getting a lot of key players back. Um, And, you know, it's just a sign of a good football team that you had good depth. Now I want to see, and we'll talk about this more next week as it, as it approaches, but I want to see Brad active on the deadline. I, I think we're a couple pieces away from being a serious contender. Uh, and even teams like the Eagles, who have made the Super Bowl in the last couple of years, they're still no—they're still going out and getting guys because the if you're at the top, you need to stay at the top, and and you've got to make deals and you got to bring guys in. So, I want to see Brad uh, active within these next um, you know six or seven days or so um, up until the deadline. Um, so. You know, let's go lines, man. Let's get out here. Let's let's play smart football. Let's try to, you know, limit these injuries, not ram anyone too far into the ground. I think spreading that ball around to a lot of our players, getting touches, keeping everybody involved, getting everybody interested is gonna be helpful. Um, but let's get a W no matter what, whether it's a big W, small W, let's just crawl our way to the freaking bye week and we can get some guys rested up and get uh, get back to full strength after the bye week.
0: Yeah, look at this is you can go into the bye week and you could be in a much better position if you win. And obviously with the trade deadline coming up, you know, Brad Holmes is going to get to assess his team for one final time before the trade deadline. And I believe that he's going to look at this team and go, I think they can go pretty far in the NFC if they we make a move or two or three.
1: We're close, man.
0: We are. You, you, there's, there's not really – I don't – you know, a couple of weeks ago if you would ask me, I would say said the 49ers are the, the drug or not of the NFC. But lately, they've been showing some kinks in their armor because they haven't had Debo. And if you don't have Debo, I mean, they're going to get bad at Debo at some point. But if Debo is the heartblood of your offense and you don't win without him, that tells me that there's a, there is somewhere that I can attack you. So with this Lions team, I think that Monday is a huge game for them, not just for going into the bye week, but going towards the rest of the season because – this game's going to really give Brett Holmes the confidence that when he goes and makes a deal at the trade deadline that he's making it for a good team. And a good team comes back off a loss and they take care of a opponent that's not that great. And I look at the Raiders and I go they're not they're not a great team. They're very suspect. Their quarterback play is suspect. They got a couple good players that can kill you, but if you clo- if you just keep him hemmed in You'll win that game no matter what. So that's what I look at, Tyler. That's that's kind of my closing thought.
1: Yeah, man. I uh, I I'd love to see us uh, get a, just a comfortable win, man.
0: Now, Mayak, you must have missed our earlier in the pod. The pod, but um, this was me and Tyler's um, wants. So Tyler wanted Patrick Tan, Dante Jackson, Montez Chase Young. I think he would switch the bottom two, maybe. Um, my pick was Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Sean Murphy, Bunton, and the Nik- Danico Autry. I just look at I look at it like this: like if you can get an edge rusher, I think that would unlock this defense even more, because I think getting to the quarterback is more. It can help out your corners more than, you know, having a great corner. In my opinion, like if you have a great corner, obviously you want the great corner. But if you have pass rushers that get to the quarterback and they make that the life of. They make the quarterback get rid of it before he wants. You're talking about a guy getting rid of the ball before his his uh, wide receiver makes a turn on the route. You're talking about interceptions. You're talking about turnovers. You're talking about, you know, things happening. So that's why I look at defensive end, and I know that you had uh, Chase Young and Montez but, you know, there, but I think you would go and probably put one of them at the top too. Yeah, uh,
1: and and again, pick up the phone, Brad. We've never been in a position where we are so close before. I got Sertan. Uh, uh, Mayong said I got Sertan Burns, Dante Jackson, and Montez Sweat. Very similar to what we've got. All great options.
0: I mean, I, I like, I like, I like Burns, but I don't think he's gonna be available. Um, so let's see. But,
1: but Brad needs to pick up the phone, man. Because when have we ever been in a position where we are like on the cusp of contention, but we need just one or two more pieces? That's how you know you're really right there, right? That's how you know you're close. For our whole lives, we've been like, well, we need this, we need this, we need this, we need this, we need this. We need this. Like, holy shit, we're forever away. And then something happens, someone gets hurt or someone gets traded away or a new coach comes in and blows it all up or whatever, right? We're never in a position where even on our good teams, like the 2011 team.
0: 2014.
1: We had 14. Um, We were still like there was uh, quite a few visible holes. Like we – right now I feel like we're the most complete we've been. So, like, we need to pick up the phone and we need to get it um, – we need that needle mover, man. We need something because uh, that's what you do when you're a good team. And that's what you do when you're a contender. And so if we can get something that'll just move the needle a little bit, I'll be so freaking happy, man, because um, Aiden needs help on the other side, dude.
0: Also, maybe we can see about DJ Chark. I think on the Panthers one, I think I uploaded that one. Where did that one go? DJ Chark, bro. Well,
1: no, okay.
0: <laughs> uh i had the, I didn't upload the Panthers one for some freaking reason, but – Terrence Marshall's on there, DJ Chark, Jeremy Chin is another guy that I would like to see the Lions go get. They got a lot of options, especially with, you know, Carolina needs the first round pick. So but the problem is your first round pick is not going to be as available valuable as some other first round pick. So that's what you got to weigh in there as well. But, um, it's going to be interesting the next couple of days. I don't think they're going to make a trade before the trade deadline. I think it's going to, we're going to go right up to the trade deadline and they're going to make a deal, but, um, we'll see what happens Tyler and, um, we might be breaking in with an emergency pod t- uh, Tuesday if we need to but um this is going to be a this is a fun time we have we have we have the team that's capable of winning and we just need a couple pieces and if if Brad Holmes gives us those couple pieces i'm i'm fairly certain this team can win the NFC and go to the Super Bowl uh, I, I, they're that close in my opinion
1: it just feels weird to say it man it feels weird to hear it and it feels weird to say it
0: yeah, well, Mayank says, uh, I want Chark because Goff has chemistry with him. as a deep threat. Goff takes a while to get his going with his receiver until really he trusts him. That is true. That's one of the reasons I thought DJ Chark as well. I, I was kind of hoping we would, like,
1: low-key throw, like, a six-round like six pick to the Rams and get Van Jefferson, but Atlanta I'm trade for him. I'm
0: done with Van Jefferson. I I liked him for a little bit, but I'm out on him. All right, Tyler, this has been a great podcast. Everyone that has joined us, watching us, thank you for watching. Uh, if you're on Apple or Spotify, you can go to YouTube and, and, and look at the graphics that we, we had in today's episode. Um, me and Tyler are out. We'll see you guys Tuesday, potentially. Um, we'll probably do a podcast Tuesday, I, I would think, um, maybe, or Wednesday. If, 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 if it's Wednesday, we got a real issue going on. Um, but um, we'll see you guys in the next podcast. I'll probably have my game preview out tomorrow. Not tomorrow, probably Sunday, um, because I'll wait for the injury report to happen. But um, um, we'll have the that, and I'll have a couple of videos coming out for the trade deadline and everything. So stay tuned to that, and uh, we will see you guys in the next podcast. And uh, it's been real. Thank you.